I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, hello. Welcome to Jules Says. I'm Julie, Jubes, Jules. In last week's episode, Grandfather Abe, I chatted with Abe about how we got together and how scandalized people were. But a few of my friends who were actually supportive reached out to me. So I just want to say thank you to all my friends in Sarnia who did not disown me and did not say horrible things to my children behind my back. I appreciate all of you. And Bernie and Robin are still together. They got married, I think, in 2001. And when I had a contract in Sarnia a couple of years ago, I stayed with Bernie and Robin Sunday to Thursday while I was working in Sarnia. How generous is that? They're really good friends of ours still. And I started referring to Robin as my sister wife. One time Robin and I were in a restaurant. Bernie couldn't make it. He had to work. So we ordered our meal, and then Robin told the server that she would was going to order takeout for her husband. And then the server looked at me, and I said to her, oh, no, we share the same husband. It's just one order. And Robin started to laugh. She's like, Julie, please don't say stuff like that. This is a small town. But yeah, Robin's my sister wife. I am thrilled to have Andrew Johnston on my podcast today. Thank you so much for coming. Andrew. Anything for you. Anything for you. Oh my God, Julie. It's so wonderful to see you. I'm going to just say like, because I am hopefully variants, you know, permitting in a few weeks, seeing you in person, we're going to need to like, not like just have a proper catch up and save that for. Yes. And you know, Andrew stays with us when he's in Toronto now because he's LA based. He stays with us in our spare room in the basement. And We always try to have at least one evening where we have a nice, great, grand and glorious gals chat over wine. So, Well, we have more than that. Well, at least one. We have more than that. Sometimes you're busy. And of course, we always have the passing by. But Andrew is an actor, a singer. Well, you have some acting. You've been in a lot of shows and you're trained. But mostly a comedian, writer and producer. And yeah, he is in that a, order. He, well, and those are the those are important. Yeah. You can't be a comedian without being a writer, and you're a producer. You produce your own shows and content and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. And he's a podcaster. 
Yeah, every so often. <laughs> every so often, sitting up in my room <laughs> with yeah, um, we we haven't done a new episode of that in a while, but we're we're we are going to come back with it in July or July January with a bit of a new format. But yes, oh, that'll up, be fun. Sitting up in our room is what it's L- called. Looking yes. forward to that. And he is a god about town based in LA, bon vivant, your friend and mine, Andrew Johnston. Oh, thank you, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. It is, it is an honor and a fucking delight, an honest to Christ delight to be here on the ground floor of Jewel Says. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just, so happy. No, I've really enjoyed the last, the last couple of episodes and I just think it's such a natural fit for you. And, and you're just such a natural storyteller. Your voice is just so, clear and soothing you are just so incredibly verbose and articulate and structured and i just i just i love it and so i'm again really happy that i can say i knew you when ah thank you so much well i'm happy that i can say i knew you when although you were always famous in my mind there must be a story of how when you met catherine back sure is yeah no i i have a very impressive memory about first impressions of people like i can basically remember meeting anyone, anyone and everyone that I've ever met. So I can remember very specifically when I met you, when I met Catherine, we'll go with Catherine first. Catherine and I met, we were competing at this Toronto regional heat of what became the Great Canadian Laugh-Off, which was just this very ragtag comedy competition. It was sort of a cash grab for Yuck Yucks to be like, oh, let's have... They were trying to do some sort of Canadian comedian idols type thing, and then two finalists were chosen from every night to go on to an actual broadcast or something like that. So for the Toronto Regionals, it ran for eight weeks. Two winners from each night inevitably went down to the final Toronto Regional Heat. So 16 of us competed that night. Catherine and I were two of them. And that was the first time we clapped eyes in each other. And we were fast fucking friends. <laughs> because it was also so long ago. I don't want to say the, the year. But it was so long ago. Like, we were not very, like, we were definite anomalies within comedy at the time. You know, Well, so you we would have been. Because yeah. I remember when Catherine started in comedy, and I always thought she was hilariously funny. And I mm-hmm. went to her gigs when she was still definitely not a big name or well-known. She was still working at Hoots. And I mm-hmm. loved her work. And then I saw some of it at Yuck Yucks, where uh, I, I think, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this about an establishment, but <laughs> I felt at the time... And I'm not a prude. I have no problem with F-bombs and dick jokes at all. But my issue was it seemed to me at the time that they were really pushing this style that was very gratuitously smutty. Well, and you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spill some tea on your podcast that I've never spilled before. Um, so you heard it here fucking first, folks. I'm committing it on the record. So Yuck Yucks' whole grand scheme was to be the Yuck Yucks brand, never to promote their own comics. They wanted people, their actual business model, so it's been expressed to me, is a couple goes to Yuck Yucks once a year, and it doesn't matter who's performing. Apparently, legend has it that some comic said to Mark Breslin once upon a time, like, people are coming for me. And he said, no, they're fucking not. And he's like, watch this. And next week, he put the name of a dead guy on the marquee, and people still... I mean, this was a long time ago because <laughs> I was about to say, and it sold out. I mean, and this was a long time ago because they're not pulling in those numbers now. In any event, and I have no sympathy for Yuck Yucks because they've really fucking leaned into, like, I apparently during the last election cycle in Canada, they had a fundraiser for the People's Party of Canada. They've really chosen which side of herstory they're going to be on and, you know, all the best. Oh, okay. um, I have no, I have no interest in ever working for them again. <laughs> but so- if I never step into another <laughs> comedy club again, I'll be too happy. But so... 
in any event, so so that was very much the thing. It was the Yucks brand. It was not about a comics brand. So they wanted, like, this is back before I was just having this conversation with an LA comic. I started, and Catherine started, before it was, like, cool. Well, not cool, but before there was a seat at the table for anyone who was not a straight, cis, white man. And if you were, there was no sort of affirmative action for that. Like, there was no sort of, like, oh, you're different, that's good. No, it was, you're different, you're going to need to work harder, or you're going to need to you're going to need to put things through a different lens to try and compete with this, this deck of cards that is completely stacked against you. So that was, that was a, what you're saying, basically, it was just all straight white dudes with interchangeable humor. And well, and, a correct and, assessment. and I did get the impression that Catherine was being pushed to fit into that box. And I felt mm. that it didn't really fit. Now, a lot of her humor today is edgy and sometimes there are naughty words and mature mm. content. Which doesn't phase me one bit, but it's very clever and it isn't smashed into that gratuitous smut box the way yeah. I perceived it at the time. Absolutely. And, and you're 100% correct in your assessment about this. The thing, Catherine, and I think we did respond to each other because we both did have very, I like to think, singular voices. You know, like we both had very fully formed sort of voices of which were kind of anomalous for our generation, our generational cohort in comedy. I don't know why I'm speaking like academically right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was, I, I'm sure that I can, I'm sure Catherine would agree with this. It was a very influential time you know well, in our sort of growth or whatever to have things were poised to change and i see you and catherine as some of the pioneers of that change and i mean obviously there were other big american names starting to come out of the woodwork who mm -hmm. didn't conform to that norm conform mm -hmm. to the norm conform to the norm it is just insane to think about when i think about back to those years and we are talking about 15 years ago folks I just, thank God I didn't know any better because, my God, it was so limited. It was just exasperated. I, I look back on it and there's nothing quaint about it. You know, it was just exasperating. Like, I prefer today much more than I prefer 15 years ago in terms of being able to do what you can do. But at the time, I mean, not knowing any better seemed like a, a well, of course, it was much easier to get people out to shows back then. And as with anything, progress is always baby steps. You know, you take yes, a few is. steps it forward is. and back well, and you, then you almost have to look back to go, wow, things yeah. really have changed a lot and they are better. Yeah. Now, I really do feel like in terms of the capital D diversity, whatever umbrella that implies, that did change overnight. That changed in 2015. And I could tell you a tale about that. But anyway, we'll stick to talking. Yeah. Here. <laughs> well, and of course, back when, when I'm having these opinions, I'm not in the business. What do I know? I haven't you launched are any. Very, you are but, very comedy adjacent. But it's just, but it's just my opinion. And I've always loved comedy and always, I love to see how things have changed. So when you and I first met, mm -hmm. I had heard from Catherine so many times, oh, you're, you're going to love Andrew Johnston. He's the funniest person I've ever met. He's hilarious. You have to meet him someday. And then I met you at Carrie Ryan's 19th birthday party. In a party SUV limo. Yes. And you, of course, lived up to that reputation. Oh. So Catherine did not exaggerate when she built you up. And you know... Andrew, if there's one thing Jules appreciates, it's funny. I love funny. <laughs> you can go a long way if yeah. you're funny. Love that. But you started Bitch Salad, mm -hmm. I would expect, as a kind of an antidote to how things were 
Well, and I've I've told the story several times, and I think that I've I've committed it to like my own writing and and stuff, and I believe it is also well, I know it is mentioned in in the Audacity and yes. <laughs> New York Times bestselling book. I don't know who cares if it's not. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a Sunday Times bestseller there in London. Yeah. yeah, more important than the New York Times. Fuck them. But yes, yeah, so I started Bitch Salad, which was a show of primarily female comedians targeted to a mostly gay male audience because of Cat. Catherine was on the very first show, and it was because of Catherine. It was because we were on these yuck yucks pro am, they called them pro amateur, whatever. It was sort of the junior roster we were part of at yuck yucks. And I can remember she back then would be getting on stage at the height of her reference level, and it would not be appreciated by the audience, to put it lightly. What would happen is basically she'd step on stage, and every girl in the audience would cross their arms and look at their boyfriend or their date and and be like, you can't laugh at this kind of thing, you know? And one night I brought a bunch of my gay friends and then we were going to go out afterwards and they were just killing themselves. Like what? Well, dying, I should say like of laughter (laughs) at Catherine. And I remember saying, I want to take that to Catherine and put them, put her in front of those. And that was how bitch salad was born. And that was in 2007. Oh, now we're talking years. Well, you know, Violet's 12, you know how long Catherine's been in UK. So, you know, we all, We all well, can she, put two Catherine, and two together. Catherine moved like the day after the first bit salad. Like it was, yeah. Was that the first one? Yeah. That was oh. July, I want to say 17th, 2007. Yeah. Oh, because I remember that because she was so hungover. I had, yes. she's like, I don't know if I can get on the flight. And I said, just sip we, some flat ginger ale. We definitely <laughs> celebrated the occasion. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I was at that bitch salad show, but it was always something I wanted to see. I was still working in Sarnia in 2007 mm-hmm. and commuting every week. So it was usually on a Tuesday night. And also, let's be honest, I'm not good at going out late because another show that you did was Laugh Sabbath. And that is around the corner from me. And how many times did I make it? Not very often. Because what time? I did a few. It was Thursdays at 9.30. But it was was, 9.30. It's like, ah, old people can't start an evening at 9.30. Hey, I get it. I get it. (laughs) I'm getting it. I'm getting it more and more every day. Don't worry. (laughs) Oh, Anyway, I loved those shows. And you had some pretty amazing people on those shows, too. Yeah. Well, most of all, Catherine Ryan. And she did it, I'm just trying to, at least four times. Because she, every time, anytime that she was back, I would sort of, like, try and make one, you know, to coincide with that. And, um, yeah, actually, it's really funny. Speaking of Violet, like, there is a photo from one of the Christmas, the holiday editions, I should say, of Bichelle with a less than under one-year-old Violet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, Catherine, Catherine in this green frock, smoking a cigarette, and Violet crying like in her arms. Yeah, yes, yeah. Violet <laughs> knew that if Mummy was putting makeup on, she was going out, so she would start right. to cry. All right, Catherine right. had to do is put makeup on. Yeah. Oh my! So at some point, you were opening for Catherine too. I did. I was the pool act, is what it is called across the pond. I did that in 2014. When she was just sort of cresting, and then in 2017 when she had crested, and yeah, those were two magnificent experiences, and very different though. It was very, it was very different. She was doing sort of art centers in 2014, 
and people sort of knew who she was. Like we were still taking the train to the gigs, you know, if you can imagine. And there'd be, I remember going to Brighton or something like that. And this girl across said, Oh, you're Chunk Hatcham of my Bachacho, our panelist, Bab, or something like that. And, and it was like, <laughs> Oh, wow, she recognized you. And then fucking forget about it. 2017. Oh, yeah. No, the eagle had landed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah. expression is. And she was doing, you know, the main room, Brighton Dome. And, uh, and so that was, that was, I'd never played houses that big before. But what was it like yeah. overall for you in the UK? I don't I don't remember how long you were there. I knew you well, did it, but I wasn't yeah. intimately aware of the details. And you know, this is something that I would uh, be interested in your take on too. Being Canadian, you're sort of in between American and British. Would you agree with that? Well, I think culturally, yes, we have a great deal of American influence. Yeah. So there's that. And I also think when I speak, people in the UK listen to me and they assume that I'm American unless yeah. you tell them otherwise. Oh, yes. Oh, I always, if I'm ever going anywhere, it is Canadian flags all over the fucking place. <laughs> and don't get me people. wrong. I know a lot of wonderful, wonderful Americans, but there oh, seems yeah. to be this global branding is not the best. <laughs> so. Culturally, like culturally, I am more akin to. Americans, like I feel, I definitely have never felt I'm in a foreign place being down in LA. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. In the UK, I did feel like it was very foreign. However, customarily, I felt more at home in the UK, if that makes sense, than I do in the States. Oh, okay. There were just customarily. So there were just customs that have really permeated, I think, uh, Canadian culture. And that felt familiar over there, if I can say that. Um, I, I had a you know great time or whatever. I would never move there. I would never really, aside from if it was not Catherine Ryan instigated or or concerned, I would not go over there by myself. I, I told you about this like really bad review I got while I was over there with her. Did I tell you about that? No. Oh, I never told you about this. Okay, so it's I don't really think funny. so. So the final show of the 2017 leg was in Bromley, which is, I believe, sort of a suburb of London, maybe, if they have suburbs, outlier. of That was her London date, basically, right? And so someone from the Metro there, which was just, you know, the, the morning rag, whatever the people read on the subway or the tube, pardon me, came to review it and clearly a fan of Catherine's, clearly. Because the other thing that was really interesting in 2017 going over with her, and this is different than anyone I know in comedy, is people are very learned of her biography. You know, like people know who you are. You know, like you've said that you, after shows, people have talked to you and they have all this intel on you because they really do follow her act and her narrative very fastidiously. And and so anyway, so this I remember 
someone pointed me to this review because I didn't, I didn't even know that anyone had been there. And so then I remember, uh, the girl who, uh, wrote the review, it was like five glowing paragraphs about like Captain Ryan really just bringing it to a new level, representing working mums, blah, 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 blah. And then the final paragraph said, the only dud note was her Canadian opener pal, Andrew Johnson, who was under rehearsed and underwritten, which like made me want to stab a bitch. I was like, really? (laughs) Compared to who? Like, anyway, that I've since found out that John Hastings, who is a comedian who spent, he's Canadian, but spent a lot of time in the UK now based out of LA. He had said, oh no, I'll tell you what happened there. They needed to say something bad if she said anything bad about Catherine remotely, then UTA would have cut off access to any of the clients. So they needed to say something. However, my takeaway from that was I have been told a lot of times that I, I look very impromptu. And so I think, and I'm not, like I'm very measured and I'm very written. <laughs> like every fucking um and like is actually deliberate. And I just remember saying, you know, if they want to see the work, you know what I mean? Like they want to, you know, in math Uh, class, it'd be like, if they want to be able to see the work and see and make me, if they're expecting palindromes and like levels and stuff, um, that's not my fucking thing. I could care less. And you know what? I'm much better suited to LA and I love it. Like I love, you know. Well. So I would never seek it out. I'd never seek out a UK stint myself. So do you think moving to LA changed your mind on that? Would you have said something differently a few years ago? No, it's just not your bag. No, no. Like if I'm going to uproot my life, number one, it's going to be somewhere where like there's an actual no healthcare. Number two, well, (laughs) no, I'm not going to go down. No, I'm not going to go down that road, but I was just somewhere nice. I mean, it's, it's, it's 28 (sighs) Canadian degrees here right now. Yeah. The weather. It seemed like a the like weather a, there know, this is and a that yeah yeah uh, the weather is just glorious yeah. there the yeah being in being in the uk it was no it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. it was a lot of fun you know i do it again in a heartbeat just not myself right like, i wouldn't seek out that opportunity myself <laughs> right back to your review i think when someone is very very good and well written and tight it looks like you're ad libbing when mm. you're not yeah. And I think that's a good thing because people who are very, very good at something and polished and comfortable make it look easy. Yeah. I think that's like, that's what's up here in LA. And it's not. And conversely, you do not see many UK comics down here. I could count the UK comics that I know. And like, I mean, in the fucking city on one hand. Yeah. Like it's just, there's just not an appetite for it. And that's just not the style that is. And that that's fine. Everybody's not, not for everybody. So, yeah. How long have you been in LA now? Well, that's a bit of a storied question because of Miss COVID. I moved June 2019 and then I was there until March 2020 when, you know. Oh, yeah. When, yeah, yeah. When yeah. the tipping point tipped. And then I was in Canada for basically that rest of the year. I, I flew back for a week just to keep my green card, basically. And I was in Canada until February of this year. And then I, I was here for about seven months before coming back to Canada to work because isn't that always the way you leave Canada? And then all of a sudden, knock, knock, your phone's ringing off the hook with work. So I was back, you know, staying with you. For uh, for the better part, well, for over a month, I'd say. And I have picked up many McCarthy Lechman habits. Oh. Every time that I go there, I pick up more and more. And <laughs> the last time, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, I, Such I picked as? up a bunch of them. Well, it's just more environmentalism. Oh, yes, yes. It's just yes. something that I can't turn off now. It's just something where I 
like rinsing recyclables <laughs> I never did before. <laughs> and now it's just, I can't not. And I know I really cut back on paper towel use and use uh, micro washable microfiber fabrics. Wow. Direct. That is very, that was just something where I'm like, it is just so wasteful to use all these paper towels. I'm going to get some microfiber cloths and it's great. <laughs> I, I'll never well, go back. Well, if you don't have enough next time you're here, I can give you a few more. <laughs> oh no, we got, we got lots. Yeah. but So yeah. you got a lot going on in LA now though. Like, Not really. No. No? No. Things really finish here after American Thanksgiving, which was just um, the other day on Thursday. No, I mean, I'm getting new headshots taken on the 16th back in Toronto. So right now I'm just trying to take a layer of fat off. And so I'm just like eating very vegan and doing lots of yoga and stuff and just trying to, you know. Well, you look great. Tits up. Well, anyway. I can see Andrew. <laughs> but you love being there. No regrets. No, not at all. No, I mean, I, I would not want to be like the last time being back in Toronto, to be perfectly honest with you, was the first time that I was sort of over it. I, it was the first time that I really realized I mean, this is a cute hometown now. It's like going back to when I go to Brockville, you know, it's just kind of like, this is a wonderful place to visit with a lot of people that I really love, but there is just no future, <laughs> you know, and because it's, it's like the, the stakes in LA when LA is humming, by the way, I want to say that LA is maybe operating about 40% capacity right now in terms of the scene. But when things do get back to humming, it's wonderful. The stakes, like I've been waiting for those stakes all my life to actually, I would always joke about Canada being, you know, in Canada, dance like no one's watching because no one is. Whereas <laughs> here, it's just, you know, it's, you do well, you do well and you fail, which I wouldn't know about down here. But when I see people fail, I said, like, I always like, you will not be back here for another two years. You will not get this opportunity for another, you know, it's just, it's, you know, all eyes are on you. And that's wonderful. I like that. And the weather, the weather is very nice. Yeah, the weather is you know? nice. But that sounds ruthless. The you yeah. will fail. I mean, it's great if you're not failing. Well, you but know, don't I, we all have to fail quite a bit before we well, do well? And you want to do that where there's a permission structure to do that, I think, you know, and uh, when I talk to comedians here who started in LA, they, they all say I started in LA and then invariably it is chased with some sort of sentiment. Like I know, isn't that stupid? And it's like, yeah, kind of <laughs> because like you were really kind of gestating in full view of everyone. And anyway, the ones who make it are very good because they've needed to be, but you know, there are people who definitely languish because they don't grow quick enough or they don't grow, they just don't get good enough. And yeah, in terms of stage time, because it's the whole Malcolm Gladwell thing, right? Of 10,000 hours, you yeah. need to, and that's very difficult to do in LA, especially right now, let me tell you. But so, yeah, so it's, it's, and just to backtrack there about like the moving to LA thing, I'd always, I always knew this from the time that I was, you know, my early twenties, I, I, I always knew that the time would come for me to move to LA when <laughs> I don't want to say that my friends, like my friendships and my family relationships no longer mattered to me, but like, it was something where it was kind of like, where I had a solid enough foundation, let's say with that, that I could be like, now I can leave them and I won't need to like rely on them for support. I have my own sort of support system. And that's the way to do it. You know, yeah. I think even three years ago, I wouldn't have been ready. I would have, I would, that would have been very, I would have been on shaky ground. But now it's just because I always say about LA, it's a transactional flush market and I love it. It really is. It is just, you know, like, <laughs> and I it just, it doesn't mortally injure me anymore. You know, like I'm not, I'm not shaken by these really transactional interactions that you have here. Like I just kind of find it amusing. You know? Are you talking about professionally? 
Yeah, perfect. Well, in every, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> people are, you know, like it's it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of people with a lot of agendas down here and and I like that I'm amused by it now whereas I think it would have kind of sickened me. I don't think I would have had the the basis to really it must, deal with that even. It must take a certain amount of security in yourself too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just a matter of having the money to mm-hmm. try and get your foot in the right doors. Yeah. I would think yeah. you'd have to have a certain amount of inner security and self-confidence. I mean, it's both of those things, right? Which, it is the, the the money thing is, oof. I mean, the immigration process, and I, I've told you this, I've lamented this to you before, but it was 14 grand US to get the actual get the actual green card. And, wow. and that, that definitely wiped me out by the time that I was down here. Like I was down here on, you know, Madonna moving to New York with $30 in her purse and now and a dream. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's tough. That, it's tough to get in. And of course, I've yeah. never tried to immigrate to any country. So I just take it for granted. My big move was moving from Sarnia to Toronto, which is huge. And, and huge. All, that is that is bigger, if not, if not the same as, mm. as moving to L.A. Well, it isn't. I mean, it's the same country. There was no immigration process or anything that major. But I knew it was something I always wanted to do because I moved to Sarnia right after my 16th birthday. And I just knew I always wanted to come back. So I finally did. Now, I wanted to wait until my children had grown up, although it might not have been bad for them to be in Toronto. No. If I I, had had the financial wherewithal to live here when they were young. That's the whole thing, right? So I I try not to be too hard on their people back in Toronto, who I say, you know, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, by uh, comedian wise, but then the ones who do have the means who are just kind of sitting there, you know, you know, sitting on their hands, I almost used a much cruder analogy there, I have no sympathy for it. And I, I always say, you know, they can tell you this whenever I'm back there. I'm always like, I don't know what you're doing here. Every second you're here, your window closes and someone else opens. And so <laughs> <laughs> That's how yeah. I felt about moving to Toronto. Well, yeah, yeah, right. And but it's no, like, I mean, your thing was very, very different too, because of all the pick a little talk a little back home and the whole, you know. Well, there was that, but also I, you know, no one knew me here in the consulting world. So yeah. how was I going to get a job? Believe well, it or not, yeah. I mean, we know that certainly in the entertainment business, you have to know the right people and they have to see you. It's not all about your resume, sure. but even in regular muggle jobs like mine, it's... Mm. Not all about the resume either. No, well, it's all about relationships. Everything exactly. is about relationships. Everything. everything is about character reference and relationships. Everything. Yeah, that, that's even, the secret. Even technical jobs, which I think surprises people who aren't in this kind of industry. So it, it is important. If they like to work with you and they know yeah. that you'll deliver and come through. But nobody knew me. So that was the other yeah. challenge too. Huge, huge challenge. Yeah. yeah. And I was but pushing like, 50 by then. Well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm feeling you <laughs> about that, but like, it's very, yeah. Like, thank God. Like I had some sort of a community base here that was able to provide like a character reference because yeah, if I just needed to, you know, move somewhere willy nilly. Yeah. Know. Well, and it takes time to build that too. Yeah, within comedy. I mean, you can kind of show up to places and go up and be like, here are my wares, you know, yeah. <laughs> like you're seeing it with your own eyes, but <laughs> no, it's very, but everything is, you know, I, I did, my friend Catherine is a high school teacher in Toronto and she, by the end of the last term, when the when they were still virtual learning, she was just grasping at straws to do anything. I think I told you about this. And so I did a 
talk for her class, for her students. And <laughs> among other things, that was the big thing that I imparted is that everything is about relationships. Everything is about community. Everything is about making yourself a part of a community and being a valuable member of a community at the end of the day. Oh, so you helped the children. <laughs> I was very hungover that day, and I told a lot of tales out of school too. <laughs> <It was laughs> yeah, so but very, at least they didn't. I just at had least no filter. <laughs> well, I think teens appreciate that. Absolutely yes. appreciate well, that. It's interesting, you know. At least, at least, you know, they find it somewhat interesting. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes, you're very interesting. I think you're fascinating. Well, back at you, babe. You're one of my. Um, fascinating friends. Even though you're Catherine's friend, I consider you no, we're my friend friends as well. Because no, you and I are better friends now. You and I are, you are, you and I are like miles closer. Yeah. No. Well. Oh my God. No, I talk to you all the time. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. talk all the time. No, and because we do, you know, and when, because people are like, oh, Catherine, that's my mom. I'm like, well, no, it's Julie's daughter. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's more, more to that, more to that point, you know. Catherine yeah, so. mom. even man julie's daughter (laughs) wow i well thank you for that i'm sure you're the only one who would look at it that way but i appreciate it anyway so you're coming back to toronto yes soon and then back to la winter boat or winter boots i should say because apparently i'll need them so that's a good purchase it's very wet and slushy today Yes. Oh, God. Oh, it's, you know what? It's nice if you know exactly how long you're going to have it for, you know, knowing that I'm only going to really be in the thick of that for like three weeks. I can live with that. But yes. And especially after the sort of holiday haze fades then, but it's going to be very nice that knowing in January, I will be back in LA. and So back in LA and and you don't know what you have come January. You got to... I have a weekly show that's starting on January 12th oh. again. So I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah. Are you allowed to tell about it? Oh yeah. Well it's just it's um to say open mic makes it seem very amateur, but no, it's an actually very coveted spot at the Lyric Hyperion. It's the um it's the open mic that I was running prior to the pandemic. So we're very lucky that we get to pick up where we left off. And and are um, you so, hosting it or running yeah, it? Or? Yeah, I, I I co-host, co-produce it. Yeah. And oh so it's fantastic. A weekly, it's quite a quite a commitment, but it's fun and it really, you know, talk about making yourself a member of the community. Like it really, it really fast tracks that, which was why it's very appealing to do that. Now, yeah. uh, the people who perform at this open mic, are they more seasoned or do you get yes. a mix? It's seasoned. They're very seasoned because I think that we foster a sort of environment and vibe that is much more judgmental. It's me and another equally tall gay guy who hosts it. And I think that we maybe foster a bit more of a, a, a higher stakes vibe, but also because it's at four in the afternoon until six, uh, that does. And you need to purchase two items that weeds out some more amateurish people. So it's just, it's a very just confluence of factors. But we, oh, on any given night there, we have people who are in, you know, varieties comics to watch or like they've done multiple late night spots, you know, yeah. And no, the show very, is a, four to six p.m. I know, which that I seems don't love. Like- well, because it's before their actual programming starts, right? Because oh. then they would do a show. They would do shows seven, nine, and eleven, right? Right, right. That See, you, I'm a seven. I'm a seven show attendee. Yeah. Like, if you have yeah. a show between seven and eight, I can do it. If yeah. it's too early, mm, too but late. It is, 
it is good. That does really weed out some, and I don't want to say this because everyone, my God, of course, everyone needs to do what they can to survive, but it really does weed. It weeds out like people who work day jobs, which is terrible. And they're, <laughs> they're by the grace of God go I, but yeah, so it's, it's a lot of comics who just have the time, you know, they're, they're in between projects or whatever, and they're able to, and it's, 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 it's a real workshop vibe too, which is good, but it's fun. It's a fun hang. It's all about the hang. And this is a way for, and you know me too, like I love like in, in another life or if I had another path, I would be a DJ. Like I just love commentating the music. And so I get to make everyone's intro music and, and that's a big draw for me as well. <laughs> that reminds me, you always play music on your podcast, little bits. And when I, mm-hmm. when I had my chat with Abe in the last episode of my podcast, uh-huh. You know how Abe and I sing that duet from Dewey Cox, Walk Hard, Let's yes, Duet? Well, yeah. I said, Abe, I want you to sing just a verse of that. Oh, I don't want to do that. And I went, no, just a verse, because I think it'll be really cute. We're talking about how we got together, and I'll just end it with you singing that song. And then I looked up the royalty requirements because I thought you were allowed to play a few seconds of a song, and yeah. you're actually not. Well... You're not going to get kicked off. I'm not going to get kicked off. You can claim fair use. You just don't want to like do the full song or something like that. But no, it's, it's, um, you could, you could get away with it. I mean, if we just sang it and didn't use the actual music anyway, he was relieved. He didn't, he didn't want to do it anyway. So (laughs) yeah, but it's too bad because I love it when he sings that duet with me. I think he's fine. It's great. You're, but you were a fantastic soloist, but my goodness, when, when you come together, <laughs> that flavor together at last, wonderful. <laughs> well, Andrew, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to my chat God. with me. It seemed like five minutes. My God. It oh, did feel God. like five minutes. I cannot wait to do it in person very soon. God yes, willing. Yes, soon. The are still open. Yeah. I will see you in a couple of weeks. Yes. Isn't he great? He's such a fascinating person. As we said before he signed off, it seemed like five minutes to us. Thank you so much for listening. I'd love it if you shared, subscribed, or email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. J-E-W-E-L-S says at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Have a wonderful week. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.